0: Welcome
1: to the fourth NMG's podcast with your hosts, Stuart Love,
0: Sudeep Pooney and
1: Ryan
0: Edwardson. Greetings and welcome to a special edition of the 4th and Inches podcast. Today we're joined by a very special guest, former Jets and Steelers punter Ian Berryman. How are you doing, Ian? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. We're still in lockdown here in the UK. Um, A lot more stricter than the US, uh, put it that way. So uh, for us, it's pretty much just work from home. Kids are homeschooling and and go to the store now and again for some groceries. But hopefully we should be out of there in the next month or so, and then we can start going back to normal. But like you say, American football, you know, the NFL, what we're here to talk about today, certainly, you know, helps. Um, It's just a shame that obviously the season's over with at the minute, but uh, how are you doing, my man?
1: Doing well, doing well. I don't think the lockdown restrictions here and uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. So I don't think the, the restrictions here nearly as tight as they are in the uk i'm sure but um definitely uh, gyms are open here and people are allowed to kind of do whatever they want and just have to be safe on your own accord i guess so yeah. but i mean other than that the weather's changing and it's getting warmer and you know it's that time of year where you know the weather's finally not freezing all the time so it's yeah it's not too bad
0: exactly and that helps with all the covid situation as well having nicer weather i guess so but anyway mm-hmm. enough about the negative stuff we're here to talk about you today and you know your obviously experiences currently you know going back from you know obviously when you grew up to college and obviously your situation now so um so you mentioned that you were obviously from Georgia did you did you grow up in Georgia then or
1: I did yeah I grew up in the suburbs uh Marietta Georgia which is about 20 minutes northwest of Atlanta Mm -hmm. um grew up there uh been here for Probably much my whole life so probably about 24 be 25 years in June so um grew up here went to school here um and uh went to high school and all that here as well so
0: yeah. Fantastic and um just obviously talking about you going into sort of football obviously you know being uh playing the punting position was did you always strive to be a punter or was it a case that that was just something that fell fell into your lap so to speak?
1: Yeah, so I kind of fell into it. I started with growing up playing soccer. Um, I was a goalkeeper growing up, um, and uh, played that from about played a lot of sports, but kind of stuck with soccer. I played that from about time I was three until all the way through high school, really. Um, and then started focusing more on football when I was when I graduated high school. But I played soccer primarily um, from about three to 12 then took a break to go focus on football for a while and played quarterback and some other positions as well. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, I kind of branched off back to soccer once I transferred high schools. Um, I transferred high schools and I wanted to use soccer again as I guess like kind of make friends and socialize with uh, some of the new classmates that I had. And, uh, you know, we uh, went back to it from my last year to high school. Um, and then when I got to college, I played some pickup, soccer and and things like that but that was more in the field than it was in uh you know playing goalkeeper because uh you know I was trying to use it as kind of a way of exercising instead of um actually trying to play um and then I also played competitive golf when I was let's see how old was I like from like nine till 12 I think um but that was more of a that was more of just to give it a try and see if I actually liked it kind of thing so yeah
0: That's fair enough. We will go back to talking about soccer because obviously being from England and Europe, you know, we love soccer here. And how much of an impact do you think, uh, because I I, I mean, a number of punters that you sort of are here in interviews or speak to, they actually started off from a bit of a soccer background as well, you know, especially some of the sort of kickers. So do you think soccer played a massive part in you being obviously, you know, into football and, and punting?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it, it was so it was a natural emotion for me because I started from such a young age at playing soccer that, you know, kind of thought like, oh, I could probably punt footballs, too. So, you know, my dad and I would go out to the field when I was younger and we'd punt footballs kind of on the side. I didn't really start football until I was 12. So, um, you know, I always loved watching football and loved playing football, but never actually played organized football until I was in around Middle School. Um and I think mainly for me, growing up, soccer was, you know, it was an active sport, obviously. You're doing a lot of running and things like that. And, you know, I played in the field as well as in goal. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of set the foundation for me to be able to kind of get into where I'm at punting-wise um, and having the leg speed and the technique and learning that stuff like that because I always learned from a younger age. I think it was before the sidewinding goalkeeper kind of punting, yeah. Like kind of took over. Um, it was more of a straight on type of like American football punting style, yeah. at least here in the States. Um, so before you see all the other like goalkeepers now in the Premier League and things like that, they're doing the sidewinding stuff to be able to place the ball where they want to um, yeah. to the different players. Um, it was more of a straightforward just kick it as far as you can down the field kind of thing in America yeah. when we were growing up. So, um, you know, that was pretty natural for me to move from soccer to football. Um, and so. You know, it was kind of a no-brainer for me.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. My uh, little boy actually, he um, started off as a goalkeeper as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only yeah. eight, but he's slowly transitioning from a goalkeeper to playing a forward now. He's got a bit more selfish mm-hmm. now, so it'll be interesting because yeah. he can play. He can play both positions, but at the same time, mm-hmm. he also loves the American football. He's actually a Rams fan, um, which a bit of a disappointment mm-hmm. for me. But who did you <laughs> grow up uh, being a fan of?
1: Uh, the Falcons. So I grew up I had season tickets in my family um since like since nineteen sixty six, I think. So, um, but the Falcons and so I grew up going to games. We I felt like we went, I think when I started in late middle school, early, all the way through high school, we never missed a Atlanta Falcons home game. Um and so I still remember, you know, with Matt Ryan and stuff when he got drafted and that was his first year. I was you know, we had second row fifty yard line seats, so it was right there on the sideline and Things like that, so really, the you know, overall, I'd say I grew up like supporting the Falcons. Um, and kind of now I'm just more of a general fan of the NFL. Um, I would say because I have a lot of friends that are around the league and on different teams and things like that. So, really, more fans of the players than I am the you know, certain teams that they play on now. I would say
0: that's the thing when you become a player, you sort of affiliate yourself with the guys that you grew up in college, and then you know, when you join a certain Mm -hmm. team, I guess. You know, you become affiliated with them. I mean, I'm a I'm a Bucks fan, so I do apologise, but uh, <laughs> I, I can no promise you, I can promise you, I have suffered for the best part of 15 years of being a Bucks fan. So uh, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy this year, but um, just you know, very, very emotional. Just crazy that we couldn't even travel out to the US, but just one mm-hmm. of those things. But um, going back to obviously, you know, you deciding that you wanted to become a punter, then. Um, what was the process like of you joining uh, Western Carolina so I understand that's where you played college ball did you get many sort of other offers from schools Um, because obviously Carolina is not far from obviously Georgia at all so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so I actually had a preferred walk on to South Florida Mm -hmm. um, and you know they uh, there were some other things that happened just to get into the school and So I talked to the coordinator at South Florida who I'm still kind of friends with now. He's now the coordinator at Louisville. Um, but he, uh, was friends with the head coach at Western Carolina. Um, and I was just deciding to go there as a student, um, because I was doing well with the punting and stuff, but I didn't want to go D two or D three or anything below Mm -hmm. division one. Um, so for me, I was always, um, kind of striving to play division one football. And if I didn't get division one football offer, I wasn't going to play kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember I talked to Stu, my um, the specialties coordinator for South Florida. And he's like, yo, I called uh, Coach Spear, who was the head coach, of, who's still the head coach at Western right now. Um, and he's interested. He said he'd give you a call. And I was actually driving up for my orientation to for classes and things in June. I think it was like June 10th in 2014 that he called me while I was in the car going up to Western for all that to get all the preliminary stuff done and yeah. and gotta get classes scheduled and meet with my advisors and things like that. And um he said, Yeah, we well, you know we've got a a meeting that like that's kind of all of the freshmen that are gonna be coming in to kind of talk to our our student um athlete advisors and things like that. And uh, you know, we uh got up there, did that, met with everybody and they, you know, they said they were interested to have me walk on. Um but they didn't have enough space because at the time you can only have 95 people on like the preseason rosters. And so I was like it Coach Spear always said I was number 96. So I was like the first one in if somebody got injured or they quit yeah. or something like that. So um about four days into where Fall Camp would have started, I got a call to come up um and start there. And I got redshirted uh my first year. Um and then I won the starting job that spring as a redshirt freshman and yeah made my first start in, um, let's see, when was it? Uh, let's see. Yeah. 2015 against Morris Hill in September. And, um, so, you know, we, uh, it's been good. I think the main thing with Western was I I was able to work my way up from a walk-on to, um, a starter with full scholarship. I didn't get put on a full scholarship until my junior year of, um, of college. And I think the, uh, you know, the main thing for me was being able to, um, you know, experience football. We got to play Texas AM and m Tennessee, Hawaii, wow. uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, East Carolina. Yeah, And I don't think I'm missing any of them. Um, but we got to play all the big schools. You got to be on TV and everything like that. So, you know, it it, it was a great experience. And um, we had a couple of years. uh of success in a couple of down years but you know that program has been up and down and you know they're trying to build something over there and you know it's tough with at being at the FCS level to be able to grow programs like that and not lose people to transfers and things like that so yeah um you know I really enjoyed my time at Western a
0: lot 100% and you like you say to go from a walk on to you know becoming you know, starting your, you know, sort of freshman year takes it, you know, incredible, um, you know, attitude, you know, positive attitude to do that as well. It's not, it's not an easy feat as well, especially at a position where you probably only want to have maybe one, maybe two guys on the roster. Um, But we'll obviously go into that. I mean, Carolina as well as a, as a state now, North and South, they're just incredible now with college football. I mean, now you've got teams like yeah. Coastal Carolina as well, you know, not mentioned mm-hmm. as well, amongst all the other Carolina teams. It's just incredible amount of talent in that state alone, isn't there now?
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think it's a great state. You know, a lot of them, begin get into arguments around the locker room and stuff with uh, like, oh, who would, uh, you know, who would win with like, there's a lot of guys that get recruited from Georgia yeah. that go up and play in, in South Carolina, North Carolina. There's a lot of people from South Carolina get recruited at North Carolina areas colleges and and vice versa um and around the area so you get the arguments around the locker rooms of which high school team like all-star teams would be which high school all-star teams and things like that but you know it's all around it's a people want to go to school there it's there are a lot of great universities there i think north carolina has some of the most division one uh football programs in the country of all yeah. the other states um which is kind of a crazy thing that i heard the other day that i didn't even realize so it's not,
0: uh, not the biggest state you know if you compare it to like a texas or you know a california or so it's crazy. yeah absolutely crazy but from your time at western carolina what would you say is your favorite sort of individual moment as a you know as a player on that roster
1: so there's a few i mean other than punting to like guys like christian kirk and alvin kamara and wow. and players like that um it's my third start and i was punted to alvin kamara which is Crazy thing to me you in are. my freshman year. And um, other than that, I think we played Mercer my senior year in 2018. And I don't know if you had seen the play um, from when Seattle was playing Green Bay in the playoffs. And John Ryan had that rollout where he threw a touchdown pass okay, on that yeah, corner yeah. route in the playoffs. Yeah. And we uh, you know they said that, you know, this is your last time playing in Georgia try to come up with a fake field goal or punt wise and we'll try yeah. to run it for you kind of thing. So um, I went and watched some tape and, and found that play and looked at some tape from Mercer and realized that they were kind of doing the same thing that, that, that uh, Green Bay was doing special teams wise on field goal because um, I was holding as well. And so I'd actually thrown a touchdown pass, um, you know, last time I played in Georgia. So yeah. Uh, I would probably say that one, uh, there was that one. We also played East Tennessee at Bristol motor speedway. I think the week after Virginia tech and I think it was, I don't remember who Virginia tech was playing, but they like had the largest college football attended game in all, of all time, um, where they had like 140,000 people there. Cause that's how much Bristol would hold. But we played there the week after that. Um, and I had a 19 yard fake punt run, um, in Bristol, so you know, I think there's there's a couple of plays that stand out like that, just with fakes and things like that. But um, you know, other than those, those are the really ones that came come to mind in general.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I actually saw the um, when I was doing a bit of research, I, I did actually see your um, your your touchdown throw um, mm-hmm. on that corner. So what we'll do is when uh, yeah. we put the description, or we'll I'll send the link on YouTube so people can. Can watch that, you know. If any scouts are watching, Mm. you got a quarterback on your hands as well. So not just yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. more you can do,
1: is what they say. So
0: yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. So um, just obviously talking about after you know you left um Western Carolina to obviously pursue a career in the NFL. Um, as we were talking about it off air, you know, so there's only 32 teams in the NFL, so it's pretty much most teams will only hold maybe one or two punters in the roster. So you have to be, like, one of the best in the world at punting, you know, one of the best 32. It's not like a cornerback or running back where you can have, you know, three or four on a roster. So what was the whole draft process like for you, you know, in terms of a combine? I mean, what's it like for a punter? Because not a lot of it sort of gets talked about.
1: Mm -hmm. So usually you'll finish your season. Um, So we finished our season. We played North Carolina in early November. I think it was like second week of November, Um, and then from there you sign with an agent. I signed with an agent right after Thanksgiving, Um, and then you kind of just get to where get to start training. Like I trained mainly with Dan Orner. Yeah, pretty much only with Dan Orner now um, in Charlotte, and I did all my pro day prep with him. Um, So you basically just go and work out. Uh, I work out with Chip Smith out of Atlanta in a main gym um, where you do like all the cardio and conditioning and then weight training along with it. Um, And then I would go to Charlotte, like every two weeks to go work with Dan until my pro day. Um, So that whole process of training before the pro day is about, I would say from January to, uh, let's see, January to like probably March. I didn't get a combine invite. So um, the pro day was a lot more important. Um, And so once you have your pro day. We had to set it at UNC Charlotte. So you could do your pro day at the school you attended or a state school. So somewhere in North Carolina or yeah. within like a certain radius of your, uh, where you live at home. So I could have done it anywhere in North Carolina. So app state is where a lot of guys from Western go. Cause the coaching staffs are friends. Um, but my agents had got me into, um UNC Charlotte's pro day who had a guard who I think went in like the second or third round so all the teams were there so you're really trying to place yourself as specialist yeah. in a place where all the teams are going to be um because it's tough if people are like oh I don't really want to go out to go travel to western if the only the punter is the the guy that's like only one that you can look at yeah. um so it was good to find somewhere and be somewhere else and I if I had you know wanted to I could have gone and done Georgia Tech's um their coaching staff is, I think their coach now, Collins, he he was a coach at Western or he's a player at Western, one of the two. Um, so he would have let me me go there. But UNC Charlotte had the guy who was going to get drafted and there were going to be scouts and and a couple of GMs there. So guys making the decisions that were going to be there. Um, so that leads up to the pro day. And I had a really good pro day. I think it was – I went first – like with the, all the drills and things like that. So all the teams are out there to watch, which was, which was really good. I think there was probably, probably about 28 teams that were there and all of them came out to watch me punt. Um, so it was good. And I guess, you know, got the eye of Pittsburgh first and uh, you know, they were had no idea that they were interested until they called me right after the draft. Um, and uh, you know, we, went through the whole draft process. After that, you ha- you could have workouts with teams between your pro day and the draft, but they yeah. said there was really no need to look at me anymore. Um, so, you know, you go through the draft and that's, you know, you're not going to hear your name day one or day two, because that's, you know, first, the third rounds of the first two days. So You're really not even worried about anything until the, that third day. Um, that's when usually the specialists go. Um, didn't hear my name called but probably about five minutes felt like an eternity but about five minutes after the draft pittsburgh called um and said that they want to sign me to their 90-man roster yeah. um as an undrafted free agent and then you got two weeks and then uh you're basically on a plane going up to pittsburgh for a rookie minicamp and ota so or whatever team you signed with basically it's kind of the overall arching theme there so no
0: that's, yeah. that's really cool what was it like then being in that environment because you hear about the Steelers and, you know, Mike Tomlin. Obviously, I know you're not directly with Tomlin. He's not your special teams coach. But they drill so much hard work, you know, into you. What, what was it like playing for an organization like the Steelers?
1: I mean, a great organization. The had nothing negative to say about them, I would say. You know, they – from, you know, day one, they – they felt they made me feel like I've been there forever. Um, you know, they, everything that they were coaching and pushing and stuff like that, they treat everybody equally. Um, and I think that the, you know, the big thing with Pittsburgh is, you know, they've won a ton of Super Bowls. And so you walk through, you know, the front front door, you know, through the office and things like that to go to the meetings and stuff. And all the Lombardi trophies are just there lined up against the wall and yeah, in cases, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, you see that every day and you kind of understand, like, their whole their whole slogan is the standard is the standard. Um, and, you know, that's the big thing is, you know, you just got to know what your job is, what your assignment is, and just do that to the best of your ability. Um, and even though, you know, Mike wasn't our – wasn't my um, direct coach, he was still at of hand in the special teams unit and was still around us and still joked around with us and everything like that. And, you know, he, I respect him a lot, obviously. Um, and appreciate him and the organization and the Roonies and everybody who, you know, gave me an opportunity to be able to go up there and compete and play in preseason games um, and things like that. So, you know, great organization. And, you know, it's a – it was definitely a blessing to be up there.
0: hundred um, percent. And then after that, you, you moved on to the Jets. Is that right? Was that mm-hmm. last season? Or?
1: Yeah, so I had a workout with Atlanta um, kind of midway through the year after I got released from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then I had a futures contract workout. It was just a workout like need 16 um, yeah. with the Jets. And I won that workout. And then they said, you know, we we kind of want to sign you to a practice squad, but we don't have room because you know they had injury problems and, and things like that. So we uh, you know, they said we'll sign you to a futures deal. And we so I signed a few with the futures with them. Um and then COVID happened and so you had virtual meetings and things like that um and from there you know they had to reduce the rosters and and so they ended up drafting Braden and I got released I think in May before I could even go up there and really do anything because of of, uh, COVID I actually got released to make room for Joe Flacco yeah Um, I read
0: that story and I was like that was mm -hmm. I mean all the people i mean that's not a bad name you know for a Super Bowl <laughs> no, <fan>. absolutely yeah. <laughs> it's crazy but um that's mm-hmm. that's the life of uh, an nfl player isn't it it's just so you know cutthroat isn't it you know one day to the yeah. next. but y- you're mm-hmm. still obviously looking to forge a career in the nfl and i've seen your youtube mm-hmm. videos you're working really hard on your game you know continuing that's so what's What's that process been like for you? And I understand you've got also – you're flying out to Arizona next week, you said?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll go out to Arizona next week. um, There's a big free agent combine um, with a bunch of guys who, you know, are looking for an opportunity and have had opportunities looking to get back in, like my case. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you hit – you go out there, you hit six punts in front of the coordinators, and if they like you, they like you, and they might sign you or they might not sign you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's another – it's another opportunity to get in front of the coordinators and, and kind of show what you got. Um, so, you know, I've been working really hard and, and working with my coach, Dan, um, Dan Warner and, and things like that. So, you know, just have to stay optimistic throughout all the, the process and, and just kind of know that it, it's just the nature of the business to, yeah. you know, that, you know, that it can, you can get an opportunity and it can be taken from you right away, you know? So it's one of those things that's uh, you just learn to kind of deal with it and, and you know it's still you can still say that you signed an NFL contract so it's not it's not a horrible thing um it's still just all about life experiences and things like that so
0: 100% yeah. I mean there's definitely more to life and just being in that situation I mean there's only so many people few people in the world and I keep telling my son you know the chances of actually being in an NFL roster but you've managed to do it twice you know for such mm-hmm. big organizations and you're still fighting. Mm-hmm. I think COVID's also had a massive impact because obviously, you know, you mm-hmm. had the XFL, you had the other league as well. Um mm-hmm. they, they were running hot, you know, but XFL was yeah. part of the COVID. And, you know, that's certainly mm-hmm. another opportunity as well in which, y- you know, you can showcase your talents in another league. So would you maybe consider, like, if given the opportunity to maybe join like an XFL or a CFL or, or anything like that, was that something that's ever come across your mind or is it the nfl or nothing for yourself
1: i mean absolutely i think any any time to get film and any time to be able to play football and mm-hmm. and you know you know put the pads back on and and get back into the you know thick of things i think is i would definitely wouldn't turn that down and and i think you know the xfl was, was running really well until covid happened mm-hmm. and you know rightfully so they had to shut things down because of you know all the things that happened and the issues with that and I think with the CFL, I think the CFL is a great opportunity as well. Um, it's just one of those things that they, they don't know if they're gonna have a season or not. I got some buddies that I yeah. train with that they don't even know if they're gonna really have anything yet. It's kind of up to the commissioner to see, like revenue wise, if it's possible, and yeah. and kind of logistically if it's possible. Um, and you know, I think that the big thing is is being able to get film and keep showing that you're interested in playing and that you're still staying in shape and things like that. So. Um, I think that's the big thing.
0: 100%. And like I said, those videos show, you know, just how much, um, you know, it means to you and how hard you're working. And, you know, we wish you obviously nothing but the best with that. Um, in terms of the um, current punters in the NFL, who are your, some of your favorites that you sort of, you know, like to watch film on or, you know, you look up to? Who, who are some of your favorites?
1: So I would definitely say probably Sam Martin um, and Bradley Pinion. Uh, Those are two guys that I've trained with uh, because they both have the same coaches I do. They both train with Dan. um, So I've gotten to work with them and things like that. So it's been good to bounce questions off of both of them um, and kind of learn from those guys and get to punt with them and things like that. Um, I think naturally I need to say Matt Bosher mainly because he was played for the Falcons for so long. um, And when I started getting into punting, we were both the same height and things like that. So I watched a lot of film on him. Yeah. Um to kind of get figure out what's going on and how, you know, what is this whole punting thing when I was first starting back in high school.
2: Sure.
1: Um, and then probably Andy Lee as well in Arizona. Um, you know, I have some com- some conversations with him occasionally. Um, but those are pretty the main ones. I mean, I grew up watching Shane Leichler Yeah. Uh
2: I'm
1: trying to think who else there was. Those that pretty that's pretty much the those are the main guys that I grew up watching punt footballs. Yeah. Um, I know Tim Maste was big when I was growing up as well Um, and and Pat McAfee of course yeah Um, I can't forget him obviously so he uh you know he's uh one of those guys that is we have the same style I would say yeah um but uh definitely he's a little bit more out outgoing personality wise than a lot of us in the special especially world so
0: yeah, but maybe you're not going into a WWE ring anytime soon, I take it. <laughs> no,
1: absolutely not. I don't think I could do that. So.
0: <laughs> no, but um, I, to be honest, I, I watch a bit of it, and I just uh, – yeah, it was, it was quite uh, – the guy's good, man. He's got talent, like, whatever he does. You whether know, When it's radio personality or wrestling or punting, you know, that guy's got it. But, um, you know, Bradley Pinion, another one, obviously, being a Bucks fan, I, I know how vital he was this season. I mean mm-hmm. – he just, he just stepped to up a level this year compared to the year before. And it just goes to show, even the Super Bowl, if you look at the Super Bowl, how important field position can be for a team. I mean, you saw the punt by, I think it was Townsend from the Chiefs. That really, I think, was a point which swung, pretty much swung the Super Bowl to the Bucks' favour. So it just goes to show how important, you know, being a punter is as well, you know, just getting that field position right for your teammates it's so undervalued um as yeah as well. absolutely it's crazy yeah absolutely it's crazy but um you know we thank you for obviously discussing that we're gonna just have a bit of fun and talk about obviously you know your love of soccer because I'm just curious so I was looking on your Instagram so I noticed when you I think it was when you signed with the Jets you had an Everton jersey on um I did yeah but then I've seen you also at Old Trafford with some um with family as well so who's your favorite football team then who's your soccer team
1: so it's definitely Everton um yeah. you know I it, it's kind of funny how the fandom came came to light I think with me I, probably, I think I've been a fan of Everton since about 2013 it was Roberto Martinez's first okay. uh, stint with Everton his first season when they got him up to fifth um that year and so I was playing soccer with the high school that I had transferred to we had done a tour because we were like the number one team in the state soccer-wise that year. Um, and so we decided that we were going to go over one of our spring grades, and play a couple of games against like the new saints over in Wales, and then have a couple of training sessions with some of the European teams. Um, and there's some of their coaching staff to come over and do, do like a experience type of thing. And, yeah. um, you know, the first game that I went to was Fulham at Everton um, yeah. or no, it was Everton at Fulham. At uh, Craven Cottage,
0: nice little stadium, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, great so stadium.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so we were we were in the Everton away end, and you know how the Everton fans are, yeah. Um, with the away fans and things like that, so you know we were in the away section, and I was like, you know, before I'd taken the trip, they're like, "Who's your favorite team?" I'm like, "Well, who does Tim Howard play for?" And because that he's my favorite, you know, goalkeeper, and growing up, a goalkeeper is just always one of the guys that I always watched. Yeah. Um, and uh you know I would say I miss being a Manchester United, by, United fan by a couple of years I would say so yeah um <laughs> I think yeah. that um you know I was a little spoiled with Martinez's first stint and then obviously you know they went through a bunch of managers from then on out um and uh you know it's <laughs> finally back uh back where they where the club should be you know in the top yeah. five and things like that so
0: I mean you're, um, you're coming back up of a of a great result against Liverpool as well. Uh your rivals. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Yeah, no, the first yeah first time since in this what millennium since that yeah. that's happened. So with uh winning at Anfield and things like that. But I think on that trip we went to a couple other games. Um went to Manchester City and Southampton.
2: Sure.
1: Uh and then back when Manchester United we were actually a good a good team, they were <laughs> um, we played, they, I think they were playing Bayern Munich in the Champions League okay. quarterfinal. Yeah. So that was, I think that was where that picture was from. Um, that was from that game. And, uh, you know, I think with me, with Everton, that was always one of those things. I kind of got stuck with them. So yeah. can't really, can't really change now. And, and, you know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to change anyway. Cause you know, they're, you know, you always go into games you watch games, especially the one from when we played Southampton yesterday. Always you know, like, oh, old Everton would have lost that game or dropped points from there, but you know, it's a different team under Carlo now. I would definitely say,
0: oh, yeah, 100 percent such an experienced manager. Um, I myself am mm-hmm. from Leicester, so I'm a Leicester City supporter, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we, me and my kids just love Jamie Vardy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. no, uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Love, love watching them, but uh, they're having mm-hmm. a, a good season, but a few injuries now, so it's difficult to see how it's going to end up but you know we're just happy to be in the premier league and obviously a few years right. ago causing the biggest shock in the world was yeah you know it's just just amazing but who, who are your some of your favorite soccer players and now in not just in the premier league but in the mls is there anyone you particularly enjoy watching
1: so we have atlanta united here um yeah. and obviously they've won the mls cup i would say Probably, like, obviously, Joseph Martinez um, is one of those guys that stands out. Um, and then Miguel Almaron as well. Yeah. He uh, plays for Newcastle now. Um, but he was one of those guys that I don't think he ever stopped running from the time he got to Atlanta United to the time he left. Um, and I don't think Atlanta United has been the same team since then. Um, but, you know, those guys. And then, obviously, I'm a big Ronaldo guy. Um, yeah. Like Ronaldo a lot. And Cristiano, uh, Ronaldo. yeah, Cristiano, yeah, yeah. He's, he's my guy, yeah, 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 <laughs> <So, laughs> him. And uh, I'm trying to think, I always like Gareth Bale. Um, yeah. and obviously, the injuries kind of hindered him, but you know, obviously, scoring a bicycle against Liverpool is probably one of my favorite moments. I would say yeah. seeing Liverpool lose a Champions League final, but you know, yeah. um, I would definitely say that, uh, those guys and um. Trying to think, anybody else stands out? Obviously, most of the Everton players I like a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think uh, Richarlison Rich and Calvert Lewin are both two underrated players that deserve to yeah. be talked about a little bit more um, internationally.
0: So, yeah, hundred percent, definitely those guys. Understand? You got uh, James uh, Rodriguez as well. He's, um,
1: well yeah, how yeah. can I forget? You know,
0: <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. You're, you're spoiled now with Riches uh, being an Everton fan now. But um, exactly. Yeah, do do you play much sort of uh, fantasy football? Obviously not not take away American fantasy football, but do you play any of the Premier League fantasy football at all?
1: I don't actually. You know, I've always wanted to get into it and every time I I always think about it, like the league's already, like have all started by the time that I think about it. Like I'll get like two weeks into the Premier League and I realize, oh, I wanted to do the fantasy stuff this year. So it's always the timing thing. So I probably need to set some sort of like, Reminder to do that.
0: Yeah, I'll tell um, you what, next I've... year I'll remind you, and we'll get you in in one of our leagues. We've got plenty of leagues you could join us on. You know, so it's it's just a bit mm-hmm. of fun. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's just different to the NFL fantasy league where I, I prefer the I prefer NFL fantasy myself because you not everyone's got the same roster. Whereas in the Premier League one, everyone can have the same roster. So mm-hmm. if you're top of the league, you're just going to copy what the guy second's doing, mm-hmm. and that way yeah you're going to just make sure you're on top which you know i, I don't I just, I just think nfl fantasy is much better but um mm-hmm. you know that's i guess that's enough of talking about soccer now um <laughs> <laughs> tell us um tell the, the listeners where we can see some of your footage and you know your twitter handle etc so you know we can follow you and see how you progress for the next um, you know throughout your career
1: yeah, so it's pretty easy. My Twitter and Instagram is where I mainly post. I mainly post on Instagram um, mm-hmm. because it's just like, I think more people use it, but both my Twitter and my Instagram are at E-N-C Berryman. Um, that's it really. So those are the the main ones. Then if you just look up my my name into YouTube, mm-hmm. um, usually the videos will show up from there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, you know, big fan of Instagram. So you can never have too many followers, I would say.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm only just getting into Instagram. I'm still a bit I'm a bit of an old man, so I, I'm only just getting into Instagram now. But we'll definitely put all your links up on the um, description boards, you know, so anyone can sort of keep an eye on, you know, what you're doing. But, you know, Ian, I think I speak for everyone, you know, at the 4th and Inches, we wish you nothing but the best with, you know, how things pan out and, you know, whatever happens, you know, you're. Know, I'm sure you're going to give it a really good go. And really the rest is up to, I guess, the decision makers, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I can only do so much. I can control what I can control. And, you know, if the decision decision maker wants to, you know, go after me and things like that, that'd be, you know, a blessing and and we'll see what happens from there. So I appreciate it so much.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, We'll uh, stop the recording now. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem.